The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1,000. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, and we are back with the second half of the MLB gambling season after a little break for the home run derby and the all-star shenanigans uh, and with me to uh, unpack this second half and get right back on the on the bike making picks from Houston, Texas uh, is the main man Moonaf Manji. That was a lot of M's Moonaf. I hadn't planned that. Uh, good evening. How are you? Good evening, sir. How are you? Uh, I know it's been about a week since we recorded, so I thought that you already got tired of me. This is our 24th, 25th episode, so I thought you were already tired of me. Oh, no, absolutely not, Moon. <laughs> There's been lots going on. I mean, yeah, uh, the yeah the home run derby, we, we talked after after you'd landed your Peter Alonso um, bet, your 4-1 to one Peter Alonso bet for that. Uh, and then the, the still, even tonight, actually, uh, we didn't record last week because getting... Is the second half as as the games have restarted again? It was yeah. quite a fragmented start. Even the the first game back, there was a standalone game on the Thursday night, which was the Red Sox and the Yankees. That was coveted off, and yeah. a lot of teams hadn't set the pitches. And and like I say tonight, we really going forward. There's still quite a few um, the uh, pitchers who've been placed on the IL, sort of a ten day IL, maybe to give them a two week break. It's sort of getting activated tonight. So I think you Darvish gets activated tonight. Right. We've we've mentioned that a lot of the teams were kind of playing silly buggers with the pitchers just to get them a two week break, which is perfectly reasonable thing to do. So uh, it was hard for us to try and make some solid picks over the weekend. Um but yeah we're back on the horse tonight. Uh so I had a game yesterday, Moonaf. I played in a double header. Uh, for the for some reason, again, they, they picked me for the double A team. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we like yeah, all right. It's not that funny. Um, <laughs> so I think there might there must have been people on holiday. I think there was people on vacation, as you say. Um, so we also we were playing Durham, who were by far the worst team in our division. Um, so we beat them sixteen one. Okay. In a game I played no part in, unused substitute. Uh, and then I got a little run around in the second game. Two walks, two stolen bases, two runs. Um, but I still didn't get a legit hit moon off. So, I mean, superficially, my statistics are okay. Um, but I just, I'd, I'd love to get it. I need a base hit. I mean, I can't just keep walking and then plotting my way around on sort of wild pitches and pass balls and rubbish like that. Um, so I still need a hit. What? And so I guess you want you want the uh, you want the accolades and the stats. You don't want to be a team player and just get the walks and come around and score for your team. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I didn't need to tell you that. You see, I, if I just told you, uh, well, yeah, I got on base twice. I, I stole two bases. I mean, you, you're thinking at this point that I'm a I'm a speedy player, and nothing <laughs> could be further from the truth, Moonaf. I am not. I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't built for speed. I'm built for comfort. Um, so yeah, but it was good fun and. I played a couple of innings in the outfield and never okay. got the ball. And I played two innings at shortstop, uh, got one touch, um, spiked it, and then threw, sailed the throw into the bushes over there, which I always do for a, a <laughs> dead ball. <laughs> Everybody advanced two bases, forced a run. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, we won that game 14-9. So that was a little bit closer, actually, which was quite had quite a lot to do with my, uh, with my throwing the ball into the bushes. So that was fun. As long and as the you, other uh, thing at the weekend was the the, the as, golf, but uh, the the open was on over here. Um, it was a bit boring, was it, Moon? That was my reading of it. I mean, I didn't get into the Slack channel much, so yeah. I didn't see who what bets were down. And but every time I, I, I picked loads of DraftKings teams, I had a few bets on, mm. and it just never really got going. It never it never got the blood pumping. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Louis came out and fired. Uh, 
in the first round. I think he was six under in the first round. And then I believe he was a leader through the first three days going into Sunday. I think the only ticket that most of us were probably sweating in the Slack channel was Jordan Spieth. And he was right there uh, up until what Saturday, his last two holes, he just kind of gave it away. I think if, if those two holes ended up differently for uh, Jordan Spieth, we might be having a different conversation right now, but uh, you got to give your, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the way Louis played all weekend. And then uh, obviously the winner, Colin Morikawa, um, just a young guy, 24 years old, couldn't be more happy for the guy. I mean, he just seems like a really good guy, really down to earth, very humble and uh, uh, very happy for him to uh, to get the victory there. As much as we probably wanted to pick an outright winner uh, of, you know, either Spieth or Brooks Kepka, one of those guys that we had. But uh, it, it, it was close, but uh, it didn't it didn't it didn't get to the finish line. But that's OK. Yeah, I think he's the, the only player who's won on debut to um, to. Um, What's the word? Grand Slam majors. tournaments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two majors, sorry. Uh, the the Open and then the other one he won. Uh, he won on debut as well. And the other thing, uh, DraftKings, DFS Golf, I am so bad at it. You'd mm-hmm. think that I would stumble into a half-decent lineup at one point. So the, I entered the uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast tournament. I think there were nine runners and okay. I finished. I was never out of ninth, started ninth, went all through four days in ninth, finished ninth. Like... I, you just think of the six golf. These are all professional golf. I'm picking a top tier, a couple yeah. of second tier, a couple of third tier, and a couple of scrubs. Yeah. Um, and I mean, last, just re- religiously, I finished last in that. Uh, so then I was picking a new team every day. Absolutely terrible. Um, so there probably is some method to that rather than me just uh, clicking on clicking on names that I recognize and hope when I get lucky. So yeah. uh, I might have to have a look into that. Definitely, um, uh Definitely, it's it's uh, tough for uh, especially golf because you know it, as much as you want to dig into all the numbers and all the data and everything, it's a little tough just to see who's going to come out and and play well. So uh, a little pop quiz for you. Oh no! So just to wrap up the golf t- talk, golf talk. I think you probably know the answer. To this. this is fairly easy. So Colin Morikawa is one of two golfers to win two majors by the age of twenty four. Who's the other one? Ooh. Rory? Tiger. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and early went to Spieth, actually. Well, I mean, Spieth's a young man. Has he not won two majors yet? He has, uh, but I don't think he did it by the age oh, okay. of 24. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... I th- yeah, if in doubt, with the golf question, really, I should have guessed Tiger, shouldn't I? Yeah. There's um, a lot of young talent, though. That's it. So golf is in good hands. I don't I don't think they're worried about golf for the long term. I applied for... Um, they, they're doing a ballot for next year's Open because it's... Okay. Uh, 150th anniversary so it's at St yeah. Andrews and they're doing a ballot for tickets okay. uh, so I've, I've put in the I've applied for the ballot I applied for like 1600 pounds worth of tickets um, so whether I get them or not um, but that'll be a good trip so when I get those tickets moving off that's yeah. uh, you and all you and all the boys are on the plane uh, and we'll go to we'll go to St Andrews next year with Sounds on like a work trip we'll call it a work trip tax write off uh, we'll get Sean and Ryan to pay for it um, <laughs> there we go and before we get into the uh, the baseball, we do need to mention uh, draft day last week. Uh, Kramer did his twenty four oh, hours, yes. and it was very much fun. I um we in fact he just started when we recorded on the Thursday night with Nick. Yeah. Um. So I left him alone until I got up at eight o'clock in the morning. Um. So I don't know what time it was over there, but it was. He didn't have much company, um, and all the, there was quite a lot of Europeans in the chat room, uh, in the YouTube chat box. But no one could play. It was a we were all sort of timed out oh. uh, by, by location, so there was nothing we could do to help him either. So he was at that point. He was starting to went there three player drafts rather than the usual 12 player drafts because he just yeah. had nobody else to draft with so he was going backwards and forwards in these three player drafts uh, but yeah he went through he went through a whole gamut of emotions did you get in any drafts with him I did I got in a couple with uh, I got in, it was Adam was on our fantasy football one of our fantasy football guys he was on with them and then uh, uh, Sean was there also so I got in a couple drafts with the guys and just to you know help him kill some time so it was a good time uh, he got it done. You know, I think uh, the prop bets that the, the contest that he uh, that the guys were running, I went four and one on the uh, on the prop bets. But there was a couple guys in there that went five. and oh, I think XFL Jim home took out the to go. Uh, he took home the big prize of the five hundred dollars. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Ryan was ready to do probably another, a couple more drafts, even though he does 24 hours <laughs> at, at time down. So uh, there's, there's uh, I guess we can nominate him for DJ of the year for sure. Yeah, that was outstanding. Um, okay, so MLB has restarted uh, on Friday night. Like we say, the that Yankees-Red Sox game was coveted off. And then yeah. uh, it's been a bit of an odd um a bit of an odd weekend, really. It's almost as if the the league hasn't quite settled down. It sort of took everyone by surprise. There's been quite a few strange stories. Uh, we had no picks uh, for the weekend, so we've got nothing to uh, look back over there. Um, yeah. Tally side over the weekend, you took the weekend off. You were busy doing other stuff. I've been in good form, you know, since um, maybe four weeks running um, at 55% or above. Yeah. Um, 26 and 20 last week. Um, and I'm sort of back up to 53% on the season, uh, on the entire season as well. So um, this makes me laugh with the numbers are moving off. 736 to 649. So uh, <laughs> what's that? 51. So I'm 87 games above above 500. I mean, if you say, put it that way, Moonaf, that sounds yeah. great. Um, yeah. So I'm happy with that. But yeah, I've been in decent form. Um so getting to the week's news, Moonaf, I'll let you lead us off. You updated the show notes here and there's been all sorts of stories coming from every direction. No two the same. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been an interesting uh, weekend and, and the start to the second half. I mean, we have news coming from every different direction of what's going on in MLB. So I guess the first one we'll, we'll get out of the way. It seems like we're mentioning this every single week. Jacob DeGrom back to the I.L., <laughs> Uh, for he was experiencing forearm tightness. They put him on the 10 day IL, uh, reevaluate him after the, after the, um, the 10 days are over. So hopefully it's nothing too serious for him. Um, but obviously the Mets are going to need him down the stretch as they're, you know, they're in a battle now for the NL East. Uh, and then we had an incident. Hopefully with, with DeGrom, it's just maybe an extended break. Yeah. Uh, we've just said they did, uh, you Darvish has done similar and, um, the interesting thing that DeGrom said about this time, this was the first injury that he's had that hasn't been related to swinging a bat. He said every other injury, mm-hmm. a little problem he's had this season, has been related to swinging a bat, which has dug up the old DH argument. Yeah. Uh, the the universal DH thing. So um, maybe it's a hope if it's 10 days tagged on to sort of a, the 10-day break that he's had. Um he might he might come back because yeah that they are they have got a fight on their hands that division still um still absolutely wide open um so yeah that's a that's an odd one really we have to keep an eye on that um what else we got Munaf? yeah and then I, I think we can uh, talk about the Yo- Yankees COVID outbreak that we just talked about that Thursday the game got canceled they I guess some way somehow someone tested positive and it kind of broke out into the Yankees uh, clubhouse obviously that game on Thursday was canceled and I think they uh. I think they did it again on uh, Friday, and I think there's going to be a makeup game this coming week for that one that they missed on Thursday. So uh, Yankees took two out of three from the Red Sox over the weekend, but I think the bigger news was the COVID uh, COVID outbreak uh, in the Yankees. Hopefully nothing too serious and uh, they can get past it. But another incident from that weekend in that series was the Red Sox and the Yankees series was uh, a fan out in right field threw a baseball at Alex Verdugo. Uh, I'm not sure if you caught this or not. I saw, I saw that it had happened. Yeah, uh, I've read. Uh, sorry, I read that it had happened, but I haven't seen the footage of it. What was it? A, a foul ball or a homer or something that a fan threw back? I think it was just a, a baseball that that a, a fan had, and then he just threw it at Alex Verdugo. I, I didn't see the actual video of the ball hitting him, whether it was on his back or, or whatever the case might be. But Verdugo was. You could tell he was quite upset about that. And, you know, there, there shouldn't be things like that shouldn't be happening in our in our stadiums and in our fields. Right. Because, you know, it, if it hit him in the wrong spot, it could have been something more serious. I mean, you know, the fans, it's good to have fans back in the stadium, obviously, after COVID. But when you're going to act like that, it, it it's going to it ruins it for other people that pay good money to be out there to watch their teams play. So there's always a few idiots out of every single team that has to, you know, make a story of themselves. And unfortunate for or for for this fan, I, the news came out the following day that they banned him from all 30 MLB ballparks 
to attend any games ever again, I think for uh, throughout his lifetime. So, you know, it's just unfortunate to see that, but uh, Verdugo was quite upset about it. Um, I always get really surprised when I see incidents like this at baseball yeah. parks, because for me, looking in from, a long way away. It always just looks quite a placid sort of pastime. Um, it's a bit like we, we go to the cricket. We'll go and sit and watch the cricket all day. And sometimes half the time, the cricket's almost irrelevant to just you sitting, having a chat and having a beer and having snacks and going yeah. for a little walk. And, um, and it always, it looks just so, such a calm and, uh, uh, calm and placid pastime. And then you'll often see a thing on the Twitter. It could be, um, the Dodgers seem to get involved a lot, Cubs fans. Yeah. And there's often like quite a, decent sized brawl going on in the stands on occasions, like uh, people swinging haymakers at each other. Yeah. Uh, and it always gets me by surprise that. Yeah. It happens in every single stadium. And uh, it's uh, when there's alcohol involved and there's ego involved and there's fandom involved, you know, things quick, things can ex- escalate fairly quickly at, at, in any sporting event. So, um, you know, that, that was one thing that happened. That was a big story at least, on the uh, sports outlets. Um, another incident happened in the Nationals game. Um, this was, I believe, I want to say on Friday. Friday, I think it was Friday or Saturday. I think it was yeah, Saturday. Friday. Um, apparently, there was a shooting on the street near uh, outside of Nationals Park. Uh, between It was a game between the Padres and the uh, Nationals. And um, uh, there were a few injuries. I think there was a, a a lady that got injured that was attending the game. Apparently, it was just two cars that were driving down the street and they, they were shooting at each other. And, and unfortunately, it caught one of the, the fans that was attending the game. Um, it, it sucks that it happens, obviously. But I, I think the one story that people are not talking about from this incident was what Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. and some of the Padres players did when they heard about the shooting is that there were fans obviously that were sitting right next to their dugout and they opened up the gate for those fans to kind of take cover and, and have safety in the Padres dugout. So there were Padres players helping fans uh, take cover in the dugout of the, uh, where the Padres were. And that was a story that's not really being talked about. And Fernando Tatis Jr. was asked about it and he said, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. You know, we're not just because we're players, we're not better than people that are sitting in the stand. So it's it's something that that's commendable for what the Padres guys were doing. And I think that was a story that, you know, wasn't really, really talked about uh, over the weekend or from that incident. Kind of exactly. We talked about a similar thing with the they're the England football players and how they just seem to be such a, a good bunch and uh, with a social conscience and things like that. Uh, but all you hear is, is sort of the bad side and you, you read lots of baseball. Obviously, there's, there's been a lot of uh, domestic violence and, yeah. and you've got whatever's going on with Trevor Bauer and, and things like that. And then an incident like this happens and the overwhelming um, reaction by all the players is yeah. friends, family, other members of the public, uh, let's make sure everybody's safe. Um, yeah. And yeah, we, once once the the news had come through that it wasn't anything too severe, uh, then they, then you start getting the, uh, the 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 nicer side, the more heartwarming side of of how the players had reacted uh, and that sort of thing. That brings you back a little bit to to realizing that they're not all they're not all scumbags as the uh, as a lot of the media would have you yeah, believe. Exactly. So glad you know. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there was an injury, but you know it was nothing you know too serious for 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 that um, for that incident. Um, just saying, within that series, I guess some positive news for the Padres. I mean, their bats were absolutely on fire coming out of the All Star break in the second half of the season against the Nationals. They put up twenty four runs in that first game back. They won that game twenty four to eight, and then they scored another ten runs the following night, and then they scored another seven the following night. They lost that second or that third game. Um, of that series, but their bats were absolutely on fire. So I think maybe, you know, going forward, take a look at fading maybe some of these Nationals pitchers or backing the uh, Padres uh, bats. Uh, it was just incredible to see how many runs that this both of these teams were putting up, especially the Padres in this series against the uh, Washington Nationals. Yeah, the Nationals, I can't quite work out what's going on. That's what I mean. There was a few of these kind of odd series. I think the Red Sox would be disappointed. 
um, not taking more games off the Yankees because they really yeah. could have uh, helped with that, that division. Because if you looked at that lineup the Yankees were putting out, uh, there were some names down the bottom of there, Gittins, Ambergie, people like that, that you yeah. just... Um, that was a big chance for the Red Sox and they kind of blew it a little bit. Um, and I was looking at the the second half of the season with a renewed vigour after, after we'd spoke um, and made some picks on the Thursday night. The, I... What the one that got me was was it Saturday night? There was two games at uh, nine pm my time, mm-hmm. uh, which is perfect for a little parley um, <laughs> for me. A little nine, it finished around about midnight, so it was perfect. And they involved players and teams mm-hmm. that had been quite high on. So like it was, it was like the the gods were telling me, "This is for you. This here's <laughs> a parley. This is for you, son. Fill your boots." Um, so the first one was the Indians against the Athletics and Cal Quantrill who I picked last week, more of him later as well. Um, yeah. And they got the job done late on. They won 3-2, but they were ahead for most of the game. They were 3-1 up. Auckland got one back in the ninth. So I parlayed those with my D-backs. Okay. Uh, and Because I said they're going to have a good second half of the season, didn't I? And I told you that Saria was going to come in as the closer mm-hmm. and do a really good job. So the D-backs were indeed 2-1 up in the top of the ninth and my man Saria came in. Uh, gave up three runs and fucked it for completely for everything. I was absolutely the worst thing about what I'd gone is I'd fallen asleep, so I missed that. So I knew I knew the um, Indians had won, and I knew the D backs were two one up in the ninth inning. Yeah, and then I woke up in the morning. It was it wasn't it wasn't going to make me a rich man moon off. It was yeah. fifty two pounds, so it was about seventy dollars. And I thought that's all right. I'll have a little bit on the golf today with my winnings. Yeah. So I logged in just to see how I could put my winnings on, and there was no winnings there. <laughs> um, so I looked at that. Yeah, and that was um, you... my D backs and yeah. Syria. And they did get the win on the Sunday night though, so it wasn't a total disaster. You and I'm me... still. <laughs> you had me on this roller coaster going up, getting to like the good part, and then all of a sudden it just came crashing down. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Me, honestly, when it, like the the first thing I did in the morning when I woke up was just have a little check on this. Yes, yeah. lost four two. I was like, oh my god. But they they got the win on uh, Sunday night. Merrill Kelly um, and Saria got the save on the Sunday yeah. night. So I don't know if I was happy about that or not. I was kind of vindicated, um, but also I didn't get my fifty two pounds back. Uh, so that was the end of that. <laughs> that's that's unfortunate. Uh, but and then the, the last bit of news, um, and then I'll let you get to Alex Ray's uh, news. Uh, one of your guys, the so White Sox decided to extend Lance Lynn for two more years with uh, their pitching rotation. So expect to see that pitching rotation to be intact. I know Carlos Rodon is, and I believe he's a free agent after this year. So maybe the White Sox may be looking to lock him up also with Lucas Giolito and the pitching depth that they have there. So um, the future looks very, very good for the White Sox rotation um, going forward. Yeah. Um, the the final thing I was looking at, I'm just trying to pull it up there now for relievers. Alex Reyes mm-hmm. um, broke a record for consecutive saves. Now, Alex Reyes has always been very talented, highly touted uh, for a number of years. Um, and... Had a real injury bug about him. Couldn't just could not stay healthy. Um, started as the closer this year, and has gone on twenty five consecutive um, saves without without blowing one. Yeah. Uh, is it for twenty five? It might be twenty two actually, or unless maybe I'd say it'd be three from the end of last season. He's got twenty two this season. Okay. So the other three must be from the back end of last year. Yeah, yeah. So twenty five consecutive saves. Um, I did put him in my tally side as the as the saves leader at uh, fifty to one. Now yeah. he's not a million miles off Mark Mellon Con Melanson uh, for the Padres on twenty seven. Uh, Liam Hendricks twenty three. Henry is sitting there third on twenty two. So uh, although Melancon's got a got a five game lead. Uh, Riaz is within touch and only maybe a little uh, a little IL stint or uh, Riaz gets on another heater. But yeah, that's a pretty impressive record, uh, and I'm pleased for him because he always had that uh, he always had that a bit about him, and he's given me a, he's given me a fun pick there uh, for that fifty to one. So I was pleased I was pleased for um, Alex Riaz. Um, two entries, Munaf. For Bone Head of the Week. Yeah. Um, we put one each in here, actually. I did see yours, uh, and I forgot about it to put in. The first one, last night, This last night um, was one where I actually had to gather the family around the mm. laptop, even though they weren't interested. I know they weren't, but the human me. I was like, come and look at this. I was showing the boy. Um, so it was the Mets versus the Pirates in the first inning. Um, 
Taiwan Walker, uh, who played in the All-Star game. Yeah. Um, and the I don't know who was batting for the Pirates. First inning, um, he's already given up a couple of runs and he dribbles one about four yards down the left field line. Um, and the ball sort of spinning and rolling and dribbling. And Walker, the pitcher, comes across. And as the ball's sort of spinning on the choke, he flicks it out of play towards the dugout. <laughs> At which point, the umpire immediately calls it a live ball. Yeah. Um, and all the Mets just start arguing with the umpire, while all the Pirates are circling the bases and coming home. It, it's just a really funny thing. <laughs> it's a really funny aesthetic uh, to watch Walker arguing with him. The catcher's having a go. It might be J.D. Davis, I think, at third base. And mm-hmm. eventually someone sort of points at the ball uh, as these Pirates are just, <laughs> just like, on a, it's like a cartoon. These Pirates <laughs> just keep going through the shot. These little white blurs are going through the shot and sliding in. And they scored three runs on that play. Uh, a ball that travelled about three and a half foot. Um, they scored three runs, and I actually think the umpire was right as well. If you watch the um, if you watch the replay, the ball was about maybe half a centimetre, uh, still touching the chalk. So, um, yeah, it was a misjudgment by Walker. But then, if you've made the error, you've got to go and retrieve the ball and yeah. limit the damage. Um, Remarkably, so that was six six to nothing in the first inning. Remarkably, the Mets came back and Michael Conforto hit a two-run homer in the seventh and uh, and they won that game seven to six. We got away with it. Uh, but yeah, I did enjoy that. It was it was fun watching all those pirates run down the line while the Mets just shouted at the umpire. Yeah, I saw that on... Uh, I was watching some of the scores uh, there on... I think it was on Saturday and... Uh, or was it yesterday? It was last night, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So uh, I was looking at the score. I was like, "Wow, man, the Pirates are to a six-nothing lead." And then it, the video started circulating on Twitter, and then I saw it, and then hundred uh, percent, the umpire made the right call. It's just funny that Walker like flipped it into foul toward foul territory all the way back to the backstop, and uh, he was too busy, or everybody was too busy, like you mentioned, uh, arguing with the umpire to go and retrieve the ball. And here comes all the pirates runs one guy after another. And when he finally realized it, it was a little too late, <laughs> but the, yeah, that was definitely a bonehead of the week. Um, and then this one, uh, Cole Calhoun, uh, this was, I believe also last night, something about Sundays, these guys, uh, are, are, are packing it in for the weekend, I guess. So the diamondbacks had the bases loaded, one out and the ball went to so Calhoun's Cole Calhoun's up to a bat. He hits a ground ball towards first baseman. The first baseman retrieves it, throws it over to uh home plate, gets it out there. And for some reason, Cole Calhoun decides to be a spectator of the play and just forgets to <laughs> Forgets to run to first base. I don't know if he was already trying to count his RBI or what it was. So by the time uh, the run was called out at home plate, the catcher for the Cubs was calling timeout. And by the time he realized it, he's like, oh, the guys had never made it to first base. And I believe Cole Calhoun like tripped over himself and the helmet came off. And then he tried to get back up and tripped again. And yeah, at that point, it was just too late, and it was uh, it was it was a double play to end the inning for the uh, Cubs. So that's rule number one that you got make sure no matter what's happening, you always run all the way down to first base, no matter what's going on. It was just funny because he was just stood there watching everything yeah. going on around him. Um, I think the throw from first base nearly took his head off, which is what yeah. halted him to start with, yeah. and then his helmet came off. But then he stopped to pick his helmet up, which yeah. is an odd thing to do. <laughs> like, uh, tidying up after himself is all well and good, but do it after you've uh, hustled the first base. Yeah, so he was just uh, he was just out halfway up. Yeah, uh, halfway up first uh, the first base line. So yeah, Cole <laughs> Calhoun and all of the Mets can go in our bonehead of the week uh, to join um, Javi Baez and uh, that Pittsburgh. Their first baseman and whoever else we've chucked in there this uh, this season. So yeah, uh, a couple of beauties to start the second half yeah. of the season. I think at the end of the year we might have to remember all these and just pick a bonehead of the year award and, and give that out at the end of the season. So maybe if we remember all these, the ones that we put in, we'll we'll have to give it out an award at the end of the year. Yeah, my uh, my strong throw into the trees yesterday would have uh, would definitely <laughs> have made this segment. That's just an I don't error, think it, though. Uh, yeah. It was a good one, though. I don't think it's been caught on video, so I'm all right. Um, what we thought we'd talk about tonight, Moonaf, was um, 
some pitchers who might not be on everybody's radar, sure. who we think might be able to get a few wins, uh, because obviously we're looking at making picks. We're looking at the we're looking at a, a betting angle, a gambling angle here. Uh, so some pitchers who we reckon could put up some Ws at fairly uh, decent prices in the second half of the season. So. Yeah. Uh, pitchers who've either come up fairly recently, uh, a few rookies. This, the starting rotations don't look much like they did. There's not many of them look a lot like they did at the start of the season. There's a lot of names uh, on there uh, that we would sort of uh, make you scratch your head a little bit. So I've we've picked out um, I've picked out three um, from a shortlist. I can mention the rest of the shortlist a little bit later on as well. But I think that these that these pitchers. Um, should be able to um, to give us a good run for our money, and then as as they go through the uh, the next few weeks, we can keep an eye on them and see how they're doing, sure. um, and see uh, if we can turn a profit following some of these guys. Moving up, what do you think of that? Sounds like a good plan. I'm gonna have to make a uh, little a note or a sheet on you know some of the the, the guys that we talk about here tonight uh, and see how they're going. I know a couple of them are going today or tonight, and then uh, um, yes, they are. One that I mentioned uh, is going to go on Wednesday, so I'll let you get to yours because you did you. This is all Malcolm, so he did all the legwork uh, today, and I'm just I'm just bandwagoning off of off of him. Yeah, you've got one in there, so we'll come to you in a little while. But my first one, and he does go tonight. He pitches for Cincinnati Reds um, against the Mets yeah. tonight, and that's um, Vladimir Gutierrez. Um, right. Now uh, Gutierrez is the riskiest of the three that I've that I've picked. Um, Came up to the majors on May 28. Uh, started nine games since he came up. He's got a four and three record. Um, so in itself, that that's a, a decent return from those nine games. Uh, he's got a 4.29 ERA, which isn't stellar. But here, like I say, we're looking for a little bit of improvement here. And he's got a really low um, strikeout per nine rate, 6.44. But that was over 11 in AAA. Um, so there's a real drop off there. So I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of maybe meeting in the middle. Um, I doubt he'll get up to 11, but I think he can probably get nearer to uh, nine, maybe nine and a half. Um, three of, of those four wins that he had came his first four games as well. So the, the wins have dropped off a little way. That's why I think there's going to be possibly some good value on him. Um, the peripherals are a little bit iffy. Like I say, it's, it's one of the most uh, risky ones, but really it's one bad start. He had six earned runs versus the Padres. Um, and that accounts for, he's got a large home run to fly ball rate. Uh, and they all sort of all came in that game. The Padres just kept hitting dingers. Um, He's got an average fastball, but he's been very good at limiting hard contact. Uh, he's right up in something like the 78th percentile in limiting hard contact. Um, so that lends itself to that to that stat about the uh, the K per nine. Um, he's getting lots of ground balls. So I think um, the Reds can put up a lot of offense. Uh, so he might not necessarily have to have to concede zero or one run. So if Gutierrez can get a little run together, maybe these peripherals can balance out. Uh, if he keeps going along at, at four and three, if he can win, if he can win one game over 500 every now and again, uh, I'd be happy with that. So he was my first, he's my first guy, Moon. After, do you have any thoughts on uh, Vladimir Gutierrez? Yeah, uh, this is a guy that we were backing early on in the season when he had came up, right? Because I, I feel like when some of these pitchers that we, that most or at least as, as betters and fans haven't heard of, there might be an advantage on betting on them because there might not be such a scouting report for some of these teams that uh, are, are facing him, right? I mean, there might be limited information from what they've done in the minor leagues when they were called up. So uh, I think early on, if you're getting on these guys, maybe it's their first or second start, that it might be a profitable angle possibly because they, they're going to be a probably a, a prohibitive dog in most of their games because it's their first time up in the lineup or sorry, first time up in their rotation in the major league. So um, yeah, well with Gutierrez, I mean, you take a look, his numbers are steadily improving. If you take a look, if we, if we go back to the past 30 days, he has a one in two record with a 5.6. But then if we go over the past 15 days, that's almost ch chopped uh, by that ERA is chopped more than half. It's at 2.25. And then uh, the last start he had, it was a really good start. Six innings pitch, five hits, one earned run. So I think you're spot on with your first guy here. Um, and even better for some reason, his splits uh, on the road are, are far superior than when he starts at home. He's three and one on the road 
a 3.55 ERA um, on the road. And then at home, he's one and two with a 5.71 ERA. So um, I guess you can break it also down further and look at, make sure you're looking at the splits also, because for some reason, some of these pitchers want to pitch better at home or they're better on the road. In the case of Gutierrez, he's pitching uh, really well uh, on the road for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, what you mentioned there about teams not having much of a scouting report, the, that shortened season last year would make a massive difference because there was no minor league season. There was exactly. no triple A ball. So there was a lot of pitchers have pretty much skipped triple A. Uh, they've had a, a season or two in double A, maybe a couple of starts this season. Like we say, uh, Gutierrez came up May the 28th. Um, so there's, there's a, there's not a body of work that, that a scouting team um, can have access to unless They've got some stuff from the alternate site uh, where pitchers will have been uh, residing last season. And this yeah. applies very strongly to my, to my second fella here um, who did, he had a 3.1 ERA twice in double A, but it was pretty much, pretty much had to skip the triple A level. Uh, and this is Kyle Muller um, for uh, the Braves. Now he's the Braves number five prospect. Uh, he pitches tonight as well. Right. Um, can't remember who they're playing off the top of my head. Uh, let me check for you. It will for, th- be... Is it the Padres, possibly? Yes, you're right. The Padres. Yeah. He's going to be you, yeah. against you, Darvish. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I've got, I've, dude, yeah, I've got both pitches in uh, in one of my fantasy teams, so I'm hoping for a, a nil-nil draw there between the between those two. <laughs> so um, he started three games since he came up, Kyle Muller. Uh, he's one and two with a 3.45 ERA. Like I say, that ERA was 3.1, two consecutive years in double A. So that's mm-hmm. probably about right. Um, his strikeouts per nine is 11.49. Um, and in one of those two losses, um, he lost giving up no hits, which is quite unfortunate. Uh, a couple of walks, uh, and they came round to score, and that was it. Gave up one, one earned run on no hits and ends up taking the L. Yeah. Um, he's got a really good fastball. Um, the spin rate on that fastball is in the 90th percentile. Now, for him to be doing that, uh, in this, it's all a lot of sticky stuff related um, where people's spin rates has fallen off a cliff. Uh, Kyle Muller's hasn't. Um, so, yeah, he's had a really good start. Um, the Braves, the, the team give me a little bit of cause for concern because obviously we're looking for wins here. We're looking for to be able to back a player who's going to give you a win. Um, and I don't know how the Braves' second half is going to go. Obviously, They'd already lost to Zuna, and now Acuna has gone down. Yeah, uh, they picked up Jock Pedersen, maybe I think it was last week. Yes. Um, but yeah, they're going to be maybe a little bit more middling uh, than towards the, towards the upper end. But still, there's going to be enough in there for Kyle Muller, uh, and I expect Kyle Muller uh, to to get some wins. So certainly keep an eye on an eye out for him. Um, and uh, sorry, Moon, do you have any any input on Kyle Muller? No, I, I think he's another guy that you definitely need to look out for because he's only had truly one bad start. And I think it was his first start, which was against uh, the Red Sox. He went one inning, gave up four hits uh, and two earned runs. And that's what really inflated his ERA um, at that time. But when you're going up against one of the best offenses in the American League, that's a tall order for him to come in and uh, come in and do whatever since then. He's faced the Mets, the Reds, and the Marlins, which he's combined for about close to 15 innings. And within those 15 innings, he's only given up five hits and four earned runs. So, um, you know, another guy that definitely you want to look out for, he's going to go tonight. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye out for uh, for Kyle Muller here against you, Darvish, and against the Padres. But, um, you know, we, we've talked about how the Braves do need pitching, and hopefully this is a, they're one of their prospects that really pans out for them and it can help their rotation out as the season progresses and, and, you know, into next season and in the future also. Yeah. I think we'll know a lot more about him after tonight facing that Padres lineup, yep. which as you've already mentioned, has uh, scored a lot of runs yep. uh, since the resumption last Friday night. Um, my third and final fella, now, you, you probably know a little bit more about him. Um, because he's been up longer. He started 11 games and it's Logan Gilbert of the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Uh, his manager said this week that he just doesn't view him as a rookie anymore. Uh, he's not doing anything that tells you he's a rookie. Um, so uh, Seattle have been relatively feisty, but they're still not a great team. Uh, in those 11 games, he's got a 4-2 record, uh, which you'll take. A 3.51 ERA. Mm-hmm. But all of his numbers are great. Uh, his um, his K per 9 rate, his walk rate, 
some of the fancier stats is FIP, which is a, a field in independent pitching. So um, that doesn't rely on, on how the defence has been behind you uh, and his ex-FIP as well. Um, so he came up on the 13th of May and his two losses in that four and two record came in his first two games. Um, so he's only given up 10 runs in his last seven starts. Um, or Baseball Savant, which is a... Uh, an outstanding resource if you haven't had a look at that yeah. um, the, the the little graphic on there because it's just colour coded uh, and if it's if there's lots of red on it you know you're onto something uh, all the top percentiles um, are uh, for barrel exit velocity things like that um, lots of red on Logan Gilbert's baseball Savon page um, his, his top three is reddest three uh, categories are his war rate, his K rate, and his whiff rate. Whiff rate, which is obviously swinging a miss metric. Um, right. Yeah, and Seattle have been feisty. Um, they're still uh, playing above above 500 ball. So I think uh, I think Logan Gilbert, slightly more exposed than the other two. Uh, I think Muller and Gutierrez are slightly more under the radar, uh, where Gilbert is firmly on people's radars. But with him playing for Seattle, if he comes up against a... a, a an SP1 or an SP2 of one of the so-called bigger ball clubs, uh, he's still going to be a good price, Logan Gilbert. So yeah. I think he should be able to get us over the line a few times as well. Um, Moonaf, any thoughts on Logan Gilbert? And then you have one fella that you want to talk to us about. Yeah, uh, for Gilbert, I, I think this is probably one of the most impressive out of the three that you've uh, that you've listed there. Um He's over his not last nine starts for the Mariners. They're nine and zero, oh. so they've won uh, uh, all of his nine starts. He, mind you, he hasn't gotten the, the the winning decision, but the Mariners have gone out and won those games that he started. And like you mentioned, I mean, giving up only ten earned runs over his last seven starts is fairly impressive. Over thirty seven in a third inning, twenty three hits allowed, um, and, and he's taken on pretty good offenses. You know, he's faced the Angels twice. He faced the Yankees. He only gave up one hit to them. The Rangers are, you know, their offense can be sneaky good. Only gave up two earned runs to them. The White Sox, another team, he came in and put, I think maybe that was in relief, but he only went two innings and only gave up one hit, struck out three. So um, definitely a guy that you want to um, look at. I think uh, his splits are a lot more interesting also, because if we take a look at his splits, um, for another guy, like I think Gutierrez was the other guy that does really well on the road. Logan Gilbert, another guy on the road, three and zero this season on the road with a two point three five ERA. And you know, you know, I love my day and night splits, <laughs> and and it's it's astronomical uh, how how more split they could be. Uh, so during if he pitches at night, he has an zero and two e zero and two record with a six point one four ERA. Uh, during the day, he's four and zero. Give me a guess on what you think his ERA is during the day. One point three, one point six nine. So you're oh. you're right there in the ballpark. So um, definitely, I, I think that Malcolm just said that if he's going up against an SP one or an SP two uh, rotation guy for the opposing team. If you dig deeper that if he's pitching during the day on the road, you might find a way that this guy might be north of a plus 150, close to one, uh, maybe a plus 170 dog. So uh, definitely you you really have to dive into these numbers and, and really splits. I know because there's so many games in a day that it, it might not be on your radar. But, you know, if you just quickly look at their splits, you're, you're going to see significant differences for a lot of these pitchers. Um you know, the at least the up and comers, and even like everyday guys, that you'll see significant, significant uh, splits between home and road and day and night. Yeah, that's uh, outstanding information. And yeah, they say it's you do need to get into it. It is it is hard when you don't have time to get through a fifteen game set. So that's why every now and again, when we just put up these little bits, and hopefully the names will stick with you. So if you do see Kyle Muller on a state or Logan Gill, but you can have a quick look uh, and the, the the name recognition thing. That's why you kind of have to keep your hand in every day, uh, especially when the pitching rotations are so different to what they were at the start of the season. And there's a lot of names that you don't recognise, and that's yeah. where the value is. That's where the value is. You're looking at either the bookies to have made a mistake or you're just looking for that value for money. You're looking for a, a plus 160, plus 170 shot. Yeah. It really shouldn't be. Um, they could be uh, cl- closer to a pick'em, uh, But because 
bookies are pricing these up every day with the same knowledge as as opposition teams. They haven't got a lot to go on. So if if you can get get these names and they can and you can recognise them and, and they stick out uh, and we just keep pinpointing these names for you, uh, then there's definitely an angle to be had. Uh, and that's the same for, for one of your beloved Red Sox moving off. What was the what was the uh what was the time this year? It was 33 minutes last Thursday before you <laughs> before you pit the Red Sox for anything. Um, I, so I know they met they were they, they got brought up in the news section, but uh, you've managed <laughs> you've managed to shoehorn you've managed to shoehorn a Red Sox pitcher in for us, Muna. I, I try to do my best to hold it on to during a discussion point or something like that. So I'm not tooting the horn too much, but um, you know this is a guy Tanner uh, Tanner Hauk. You know I think a lot of people mispronounce his name, so I actually have to look that up, but. Uh, he started the season, I believe, with the Red Sox um, in that first, I think that first week he was there for them. And I think they sent him back down because he didn't have a great outing or they just wanted to bring him up for uh, having some pitchers because they were dealing with, you know, uh, Chris Sale's injury, obviously. And then I think Eduardo Rodriguez was another guy that wasn't ready to go at the beginning of the season. So they had called him up. But um he, he got called up after the All-Star break along with another one of their prospects. But um, we take a look at – this is a guy that's getting his first start on, I believe, this coming Wednesday against one of your guys, Robbie Ray. So he's going to be a big price dog. And I'm not saying to bet on him, but just, just keep an eye out for him because he did pretty well in the minor leagues for the, for the Red Sox and you know highly coveted prospect, obviously. And he did have one start. Oh, sorry, uh, an appearance against the Yankees over the weekend on Friday. He went three innings, gave up only one hit, struck out three guys, uh, four ground balls, three, three, um, three fly outs, I believe. So um, not many stats to go off him because like we talked about earlier, that this is a guy that really doesn't have many innings pitched in the major leagues so far, this far this season. So like we said that last season, uh, with no minor leagues that opposing teams are not really going to have a scouting report on him. The only thing that they have to go off of at least this season is his one appearance that he had on Friday against the Yankees. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on, um, you know, early on, like I mentioned, he has a 4.35 ERA at home, uh, just a, a three innings pitched on the road. So uh, I, I guess I'll be keeping as a Sox fan, I'll be monitoring him for sure. Uh, as the season kind of progresses here. And if there's opportunities where I see that, you know, there's some value on betting on him when he's, when he's taking the mound for the Red Sox, uh, definitely I will put that in the Slack channel or on my Twitter. So um, all the guys that we just discussed right now, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a sheet for between me and Malcolm. And then every now and then, if the guy pitches, we'll, we'll try to get you guys updated on how they're doing. And obviously we'll be talking about that more on our, in our Slack channel, but you had a couple more guys that were honorable mentions, um, for guys to keep an eye on. Yeah, just the rest of my shortlist. Um, yeah, I like that Tanner um, Hauk pick a lot. He's the, the number six prospect. Yeah. Um, and he's a big lad as well, six foot five years. Yeah. Um, so guy. he should come in. He's um, He's got, he throws throws his slider a lot um, as well, but he's got quite a quite a dirty um, split-fingered pitch, I think. So yeah. yeah, he should be fun to watch. Yeah, the rest of my um, shortlist um just names that you might want to jot down and have a look at where uh, Tuki Toussaint, who you might be familiar with, because he's been around. So he's been up and down like a bride's nightly for about three years now, but they can't seem to, to get him fit. So I don't think he's still classed as a rookie or not, because um, he's often talked about uh, as a fantasy sleeper preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he started a lot of games. Then he ends up in the pen or goes in the long relief. Uh, and he's been on and off the, uh, uh, on and off the aisle. Um, but he's back this week and he's due to, I think he's due to make his debut. Let me see. Atlanta Braves. Uh, if you didn't know, tomorrow night he's going yeah. uh, against San Diego tomorrow and uh, making his debut for the season. Uh, so he'll be worth a watch. Um, again, you might have to catch him early uh, because if he's going to be good, he won't stay under the radar for long. Um, Cleveland Indians, uh, Juan Carlos Mejia. Um, I wanted to put him in, but he's just... I still think he'll be all right, but the last couple of starts, he just hasn't quite, he's struggled to put batters away. He's just struggled a little bit. He hasn't had many calls. Um, I might have picked him one week, actually, mm-hmm. uh, on this pod, maybe as my luck. And he didn't carry much luck with, um, there'd be like a field in error. He was falling, he, he would fall on the wrong side of a field in error. Then two runs would score through the next batter, things like that. So he's a, he's a, 
uh, a watch for me. I would maintain a watch and brief with him. But I do think uh, there's something in there and he's going to pop up some big prices. And the third one is uh, Tyler McGill for the Mets. Uh, mm. who's done okay since he came in this season. He's pitching this week as well. Uh, one night, let me look when he's going. Uh, Thursday against Toronto. Uh, Friday, sorry, Friday night against Toronto. Uh, and McGill's he's just, a, he's just a young lad as well, 25, I think. And he's done really well since he came in in the couple of starts that he's had. So, yeah, they, they were uh, on my shortlist as well, as well as the three, um, Gutierrez, Muller and Logan Gilbert. And we'll add to that, Tanner. Tana Hoke. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on those boys uh, and see how they get on. Yeah, Win I think bet. Oh, sorry, Moonaf. No, I'm sorry. I just want to quickly I mean, I think Juan Carlos goes tonight against the uh the Astros, I believe. Um uh going up against Zank Grinky against the Astros. He had a bad start against the Astros, but he's faced some pretty good offenses also. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on for sure. Um the numbers just they're they're a little inflated right now because he's had a couple of bad starts, but um you know, being in Cleveland, I think this is a good time for maybe if they blow it up or trade some of their pitchers away because they're not in it for the playoffs. But I, I think that uh, they will uh, they will get they'll, they'll get a lot of opportunities to you know get some innings under them in the second half of the season. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see one good start out of um, here uh, before I, before I start backing him again. But certainly, it's certainly in there. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlors are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and MLB Futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Two weeks ago, a prop swap customer sold a $500 to one Phoenix Suns Championship ticket for $16,000 after the Suns went up 2 in the finals, a 30 times return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sportsbook in the country had the Suns at minus 500. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at $1 million. Download the app. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Okay, Moonaf. Right, picks. This is right. We need to warm up. We need to ramp up a bit uh, here, Moonaf. So this week... um, some good-looking series, actually. Uh, the first one I picked uh, was a divisional, more divisional stuff for the Red Sox. Uh, you can talk about the Red Sox again. Uh, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Yeah, this is a huge series for the Red Sox. and uh, I mean, both teams, right? I mean, uh, Blue Jays are trying to craw- crawl their way into that division talk and maybe possibly a wild card, um, a wild card uh, spot in the playoffs. But for the Red Sox, their lead is now down to half a game. Uh, the Rays are right on their heels, and then the Blue Jays are only six games out in the division. Quickly, let me see where they are in the uh, wild card. The They are two and a half games back for that second spot behind the A's. So, uh, huge series for both of these teams. Uh, you know, Red Sox coming, uh, losing two out of the three, and then the Blue Jays, I think they absolutely spanked the Rangers over the weekend um, to, you know, put themselves in contention. So, um it's a pretty good yeah. pitching match. Toronto, Toronto get to go back home as well. I yeah. think they've got no, they've July got 30th. no, a little away stand coming up, um, and then yeah, they get to go back home, which is good news for for Toronto. Good news for the fans. Good news for the players as well. You can yeah. imagine. I mean, they, they haven't. They'll have homes there. They'll have families there. And they just they haven't played a home game for it's about five hundred and sixty-seven days or something crazy yeah. like that. Um, and they came out at the weekend absolutely swinging for the fences. Um, yeah. And, but Boston would have been disappointed not to have uh, taken advantage of that uh, the Yankees 
um, weekend lineup that they were having to put out. So Tampa Bay still aren't getting any love um, <laughs> from the people who make the books and the people who who do the uh, odds percentages. Um, so yeah, that that division is a little bit tighter than maybe we gave it credit for. And Toronto, all of a sudden, have just stuck their head and said, "Right, okay, we're here. Uh, they're they're at five uh, five thirty three, um, and what one one six out the last ten. They won four in a row though, Toronto. So by the time this Boston series gets finished, uh, they could be breathing down your neck, Muna. Yeah, and I think that uh, division. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Yankees make a make a run in the second half. Who knows? I mean, who am I kidding? They're not going to make a run. They're, they're... <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're not, <laughs> not good. Yeah. Uh, next up is uh, it's the Cubs and Cards, which is, I believe, Munaf, uh, mm-hmm. traditional rivalry. Yeah, NL Central, definitely between these two teams. Uh, I know they are on ESPN tonight. Uh, uh, so I'll maybe watch that game along with the uh, Padres and Braves series, uh, pitching matchup tonight. But that's another one of these series that's going to be a, a fun one to start the week here. Um, I think another one that stood out for me is, yeah, the one that we just mentioned, the Padres and the Braves. I think that's going to be sneaky good. Pretty good pitching matchups there. Yeah. We talked about Padres having hot backs uh, against the Washington Nationals, and now they're going into Atlanta. Another hitter's park, you know, it'll be fun to see Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis Jr. out there in that in that, um, in that stadium. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see Ronald Acuna Jr. because that would definitely be a, a game that I would want to go out there and watch, having Fernando Tatis Jr. on one side and, and Ronald Acuna Jr. on the other side. But that should be another good series uh, to start the week here. Yeah, um, and the Dodgers-Giants is the last one. It's the Giants at the Dodgers. Uh, The Dodgers have nearly got to them. Uh, We feel like it's been coming for a long time, Uh, but they are now just one game back. Um, With the Padres, um, a further four games behind LA. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if San Francisco can keep keep hanging with them. I think Gorsman goes uh, tonight for... For the Giants in he that was one, so he, he, he to normally, go. yeah, is he, going? he is going. Yeah, you're right. He is. Yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah. They've got uh, Gorsman Wood, uh, yeah. Logan Webb, and then Tony Disco goes on Thursday. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see just if the Giants can keep hanging with them, or if eventually uh, Los Angeles are going to overpower them, as everyone's been predicting. Um, okay, Moon, I've picks time. This is it. This is why you get paid the big money. Um, yeah. You were going to lead us off. I think you led us off last time. Um, and we'll let you go first for the second half. What have you got for us, Munaf? Yeah, I'll start with my lock that goes on Wednesday night. It's going to be between the Miami Marlins and the Washington Nationals. And I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the over in this game. The projected pitchers are Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins and then Eric Fede, uh for the – or Fetty, sorry, for the Nationals. Uh, Alcantara has decent numbers this year. His road ERA is 3.63. The night ERA is a little higher at 4.02. Um, but he's faced the Nationals once this season and gave up five runs. Four of them were earned runs. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm kind of looking at the, his, uh, I guess his road, um, the road failures to kind of continue going into Nationals. And then we've talked about how the Nationals have given up a lot of runs to the Padres over the weekend. I think that'll continue probably against the Marlins. And like I said, for the Nationals, um, Eric Fetty's on the mound for them. The numbers are atrocious, I say the least, for this guy. And three starts so far in July, he's allowed 15 earned runs in just 10 innings pitched. Uh, overall, the Nationals pitching is on the downfall, like I mentioned. Uh, so we should see plenty of runs in this game. I think the number will probably come out around eight and a half for this game. So I definitely love the over on Wednesday night between these two teams, Miami Marlins and Washington Nationals over. Uh, should be around eight and a half on Wednesday night. Uh, for my dog, it's going to go tomorrow night, Tuesday night. I'm going to take the Phillies money line versus the Yankees. Aaron Nola on the mound versus Domingo Hermain uh, for the Yankees. Um, I'm going to take my chances here to fade the Yankees anytime I can. I think they're in a bit of a rough stretch. I know um, Aaron Nola, I'm sorry, he's in a bit of a rough stretch, but I think this is a good spot for him to kind of get right. Like we mentioned, the Yankees are dealing with some COVID issues. Um, but Nola earlier this year, he faced the Yankees and he threw seven shutout innings against them on June 13th. Uh, so he's seen the lineup. He's familiar with them. And if they're not able to get back some of their guys that have COVID, like you mentioned, uh, Malcolm, that bottom of that lineup, we have names that we don't really recognize. So he shouldn't be able to have some success against them. Um, 
And this was one of the teams that I had mentioned in our second half preview that may be able to make a run in that NL East for the division or possibly even a playoff spot. So they took three out of the four from Marlins this weekend, and that makes it four straight series wins prior to the All-Star break for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think that can continue against the Yankees tomorrow night. So just to recap, uh, my log is going to be on Wednesday night, Marlins versus Nationals over. Number should be around eight and a half. And then my dog will be tomorrow night, Philadelphia Phillies money line, um, Aaron Nola on the mound against the Yankees. Yeah, I love both of those, Moon. After Nationals have just been involved in uh, a lot of runs on both sides of the ball recently. Like you say, Eric Feddy isn't very good. Uh, Alcantara is, but equally the Nationals uh, could maybe score you two or three runs and that might be enough. Uh, I quite like watching the Marlins. They're, they're quite a good fun team. Um, the Phillies have absolutely shown some signs of life recently. There, uh, there's been a little bit of noise around the Phillies. Their fans are just starting to stick their head above the parapet uh, over the last week or so. And um, yeah, there's, they, they quite fancy themselves at the moment, the Phillies. So yeah, I wouldn't put you off that at all against that Yankees team, which really is is unrecognisable uh, as a Yankees lineup. Um, my lock is going to go on Tuesday night. Um, Herman Marquez of the Rockies against Seattle and Marco Gonzalez. Uh, Marquez is eight and six so far this season. Uh, the Rockies' best pitcher. Um, Gonzalez, on the other hand, is uh, one and five uh, for Seattle with a 5.88 ERA. Uh, the Rockies are good at home. Um, they are good. There's no two ways about it. Um, and the other stat that made uh, made me look at this, it was just enough for me to take them. Is that the, um, they are... 17th um, against lefties, um, against left-handed pitching, where they're uh, 24th against righties. So uh, Marco Gonzalez, a lefty, and that's so that's just enough. Put that, put that uh, with with Colorado at Coors Field, uh, and I'll take Marquez to get the job done there. Um, on Thursday, now I'm not 100 percent sure about the odds on this one. Um, it possibly could be a pick, but I think it might be a dog. Um, and it's Cal Quantrill again. So I mentioned him at the top of the show that I picked him and he'd got moved around. So my pick didn't stand, even though he'd pitched and won that week. Um, he then won again when I watched him on Saturday night. Um, so he's taken on Tampa Bay, uh, which is why I think he might be a, why he might be a dog. Um, Tampa Bay raising Josh Fleming. Um so, yeah, Cal Quantrill has won his last two starts. He's been going deeper into games as well, getting through six, uh, getting through the sixth inning. Uh, it doesn't strike many batters out, but he keeps the ball in the yard, and that's important. Uh, Josh Fleming for the Rays, he's 7-5 and five, uh, with a 3.93 ERA. Um, but he keeps, so he keeps dropping back down to the bullpen, and then they bring him up for a spot start here and there. Um, out of the pen, he's been absolutely fine. Um, but as a starter, he's given up a lot of hits in his last three starts. And now I think I've got a little theory here as well um, that there might be an issue with um, Tampa Bay um, and the sticky stuff more than um, other teams as well. Um, I think Shane McClanahan and Rich Hill have both had mentions before. Um, and I just think this might have got to Josh Fleming as well. So this might have been something Tampa were doing. Uh, we know they like to uh, manipulate all kinds of things brilliantly and legitimately, but this might be one of the things that's just uh, might unhinge them a little bit. So I'm going to take Cal, Con uh, Cal Quantrill of the Indians to beat Josh Fleming of the Rays. Uh, that's on Thursday to follow up my lock of Herman Marquez uh, of the Rockies against Marco Gonzalez um, and Seattle on Tuesday, Munaf. Yeah, anytime you get a chance to fade Marco Gonzalez, no matter what the price is, I'm going to take that 10 out of 10 times. And like you was talking, we've talked about the Rockies pitching staff extensively, and we did that in the second half preview with Nick is that uh, Marquez is the best pitcher, like you mentioned, in your handicap for the Rockies. So if there's going to be an opportunity for you to back the Rockies, it's going to be at that point where you have Marquez on the mound. And like you mentioned, the numbers for Gonzalez are not pretty. Um, and we had talked about how the Rockies are a great home team, but they are just atrocious on the road. So I think that the situation uh, for taking that Rockies is, is spot on there. Um, and then, uh, you know, for the dog, yeah, I think there will be a dog. Uh, will the Indians? And I think the, you know, the Rays are going to be priced just because of their record, you know, at, at what the bookmakers are seeing. Because number one, they might be thinking that Indians are out of that 
race for a playoff spot or even that division, but the Rays are still in it. So there might be, you know, some fight, but then like we mentioned that if you're able to find a pitching matchup like this, where you have some advantageous numbers, I think that this is going to be a, a should be a prey juicy, juicy dog for sure on Thursday. So um, is that a day game or is it going to be at night? Do you know? I have no idea, Muna. Let me check, sir. Find out for you, though. Uh, regardless, yeah, we'll talk about it on Thursday. But I think it is uh, during the yeah, – it's at night, so uh, you'll get your result on that evening. So I'm sure we'll be uh, exchanging some messages at that point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, Nick has made a couple of picks for us, uh, and he will reveal those now. Double M's, NC Nick here. I have uh, your Major League Baseball lock and dog of the early week. Uh, my lock. Let's go Blue Jays over the Red Sox on Wednesday. Robbie Ray has been pitching very well of late. Zero earned runs in his last 13-plus innings pitched, and he's up against uh, Tanner Houck. So I think the Blue Jays get this one easily. Uh, my dog, let's go the Baltimore Orioles over the Rays on Tuesday. It's the return of John Means. Uh, a little concerned he'll be on a pitch count and be, you know, slowly eased back into the mix, but this guy was pitching some of the best baseball in the American League before his injury, so it's worth a shot. There you go. Lock is Blue Jays over the Red Sox on Wednesday. Dog is Orioles over the Rays on Tuesday. Let it ride. There we go. Beautiful stuff from Nick, as always. Uh, always nice to hear his voice. Uh, Will Moorman has of yet uh, not submitted his picks, but we'll stick them on Slack or Twitter or whatever if we do get them in. Uh, so, yeah, there's um, six six fine picks uh, that we've made. So, yeah, we're looking to start strong moving off. Let's get this second half off to a good start, and we're really going to start turning the screw, I reckon. Yeah, man, second half of the season uh, is going to go, I feel like it's going to go by fairly quickly, too, because uh, we have, you know, so, so many other sports that are going to be starting here in August um, as we approach the month the fall and that usually means football season, but we're still going to be grinding away with baseball and um, you know, as teams kind of separate themselves and then we're going to start seeing some of these division fights that we talked about uh, in the second half preview. And then also tonight. So uh, looking forward to it, man, let's have a, a profitable uh, second half of the season. Yeah. I got some more money down on the Mets this afternoon at 12 to one uh, for the go. world series. I had a, I had a little winner on the horses, not much, um, but the horse one. So I thought, you know what? Just get your winnings, bang, straight on the Mets. Forget about it. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, something to look forward to as we get down the stretch. Um, yeah, that concludes um, our show tonight. So, yeah, thank you, Moonaf. It's been fun, as always. I've enjoyed um, talking a bit of baseball for you. I've missed it. Uh, it's only been a week or so, but uh, I've missed it. And I feel like um, we've got some good information. I enjoyed our little section on the pitches as well. Gives us some uh, things to follow um, as we as we head on through the summer. So, um Cheers for listening, everybody. Uh, usual place, uh, Twitter, Slack channels, DFS, uh, DraftKings, nightly competitions. Uh, and do not forget um, the SGPN app. Uh, subscribe, Apple Podcast, leave ratings and reviews. Uh, really important. Apple, Spotify, etc. And obviously um, the website and our tally site picks are up there as well. So, um no shortage of stuff. Every sport under the sun. There's Olympic stuff going up there as well. Uh, so if you want to, if you want handicapped, um, then that's the place for you. Um, cheers, Munaf. Um, enjoy sure. your weekend of sport. Uh, sorry, week of sport. Uh, and I'll catch you on Thursday night. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you down the road.